Hi, this is Eric Chase, afternoon host on Cumulus Media Toledo's Q105, and your host for 68 Words with the Ability Center. Julie Isol, like so many, have long had the dream of owning a home. And putting aside the wild real estate economy in a post-COVID world, Julie's always thought that being a homeowner was just going to be a fantasy of hers. But then, Women Build of Maumee Valley Habitat for Humanity came into her life. But why is Julie a featured guest here on 68 Words? So I live with a rare neuromuscular condition called congenital myasthenic syndrome and um, I literally doctor out of the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota for it. People, doctors around here don't really know much about it. I'm probably one of 550 patients in the United States right now that have been diagnosed with it. It's very rare so um, not much is known about the illness. It just leaves me with a weaker body. People, places, and spaces doing disability differently. Sharing first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that sparked the disability rights movement. Learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James, and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center. And welcome to 68 Words. Julie, Mark, welcome to 68 Words. Thanks for taking some time to be here. Julie, I absolutely love your glasses. Thank you. Uh, I get it every time I go anywhere. Do you have uh, a lot of different, are you are you a frame swapper or do you just roll with those? I'm not. Okay. I found these on LensMart online. They're $7 frames and I put my script in them and everybody loves them. Perfect. Yeah, perfect, yes, perfect. Thank you. Mark, your glasses are okay too. Okay, I appreciate that. I, you're, you're, you're overseeing construction. It's not about fashion, it's about function when you're out there, right? Exactly. Um, Julie's story was in the Blade on August 13th. I'm sure you've printed out many copies and it's now the screensaver of your phone. I recognize, <laughs> is black your color? Black is my color. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, I absolutely. I saw you getting out and I was like, that's the, that's the lady from the Blade. Um, <laughs> we're here to talk about your story, but first and foremost, um, let's talk uh, generally about Habitat for Humanity. I'm fairly certain most people have heard the phrase, know what it is. They, they know that good things are associated with it. They see pictures of people building things. Um, Mark, what's Habitat for Humanity? So Habitat for Humanity, we're all about uh, helping people have safe, decent, affordable places to live. So we have some construction programs in which we build new houses. We have repair programs, which we replace roofs and do rehabs. So whatever we can do to help uh, people have safe, decent, affordable housing here in Lucas County, that's what Maumee Valley Habitat for Humanity is all about. I'm sure this is uh, this has become, maybe you've been overwhelmed in the last couple of years as we recognize we've got a lot of people and many of them don't have a place to live. What's, uh, what's business been like or outreach been like the last couple of years? Our programs are uh, very busy. Uh, we've got about 130 families we're trying to serve this year. And unfortunately, the need is greater. We've got waiting lists for all of our programs. And if uh, we had more resources, we'd be able to help more people, but we'd help as many people as we can. How do you get those resources? Can people donate? I know obviously you'll take the, uh, the people hours to help out in the building. Yeah, so uh, there's lots of different ways you can help us out. Um, one is we have a restore in which we take uh, used household items, uh, couches, uh, appliances, things like that. We have a pickup program where we'll come to your house for free if it doesn't fit into your car. And uh, we sell those in our store, which is open to the general public Tuesday through Saturday. And uh, the proceeds for the, from the sales of those donated items uh, are one way we fund our program. As you mentioned, individuals can donate money. Uh, they can also donate time. We use a lot of volunteers to do what we do. Um, 
And then uh, we get uh, also a lot of money through uh, grants and great corporate sponsors. Owens Corning is our uh, largest corporate sponsor, but we have others. We have Cleveland Cliffs, Toledo Refinery, um, Thermatrue. So I'm going to forget lots of them, but um, uh, we get support, uh, strong support from the community. Uh, we get uh, places like Home Depot that uh, donate uh overstock and scratch and dent items, solder furniture. So uh, we get support for, from a lot of different uh, places. And then give it back to the community and people in need like Julie, who will hop over to. Um, you are going to hop into your new home, I think, sometime during October? Well, that's the tentative <laughs> plan. <laughs> Isn't it always? Well, let me come back to that. Um, you, uh, you, you got a, a home from Habitat for Humanity, and we're going to talk about uh, why you're here on 68 Words, where we focus on um, disability and accessibility. Mm -hmm. uh, first, before we talk about why you are in the wheelchair, can you tell me about Women Build? Because it's something that I didn't know about that was a part of Habitat for Humanity, and it certainly caught um, your eyes, and it's going to be the end of your journey, tentatively speaking. Yes. Um, so I didn't know about Women's Build until I hit the home ownership program, and it was laid on me that I am going to be the woman's build of 2023 so basically um, women are building my home and I think that's a very empowering thing um, to be a part of um, so I'm excited about that <clears throat> how'd you come across it uh, so honestly I have a friend about 10 years ago that had a habitat home built for her in Wood County and um, I was in the market of getting a home and in 2021 I kind of just researched Habitat and looked at their home ownership program and found that I was able to um, be a participant of that program um, and then it just went from there. Um, if I read the Blade article right you thought that owning a home would be a pipe dream? 100% yeah. How, uh, walk me through that from the, the your youngest days of wanting to be a homeowner um, to maybe renting a lot not being able to afford I mean it's been hellish the last couple of years you were gonna you said 2021 I had a, a friend who got caught up in that and uh, she had to get out because of the way the market was so tell yeah. me about your wish to own a home yeah so it's always been I think for anybody it's th their wish to have their own home and I've living with the disability that I have. I've been on a lot of different programs, which I'm thankful for. Um, HUD housing being one of those programs um, in order to be able to afford my rent. Um, I live um, on a fixed income. And so uh, I didn't know if home ownership would really actually work for me financially, mm -hmm. um, but through the Habitat program, I'm able to make that happen. Um, a quick aside here, uh, you mentioned the HUD program. Um, what's it like navigating through the system to get the assistance for someone like you or your, in your position really needs and wants? Um, I've been in the system for quite a few years now, and uh, it has a lot of red tape yeah, that, I bet. You know, um, uh, that you have to kind of follow by. and. I'm not here to talk anything <laughs> bad or negative about the system because it's, it has helped me. But um, being able to be a part of the homeownership program and actually be a homeowner now and have my own is um, very empowering and also it allows me to be more independent. Were you uh, just renting an apartment or something like that before? I am. I'm renting an apartment um, that is 
managed by preferred properties so um, and it's a two-bedroom unit so uh, and I'm happy to be there but I am even happier to be in my own home soon you know uh, when when the toilet stops working you got to work on it your own now right there's no <laughs> landlord to call <laughs> I know I know and it's a good thing that I have habitat because I've, I've gained a lot of friends and family so I, I'm not too concerned about stuff good. like that yeah good 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 it, you say everybody wanted to own a home I was always terrified of it because shoveling and lawn mowing and what if my I like to say that my my place in the home is in the kitchen or sleeping in my bed right. and like you and we'll talk about all the friends that you've made I have uh, I have thankfully I have some very handy friends who yeah. can tell me that no you just need to jiggle the thing a little harder in the toilet right right <laughs> um, what was it like when you got the call like we have here in our notes and you got the yes and that women build are gonna give you that home that you had uh, you, you thought was a pipe dream oh it was uh, so real actually uh, I first when I got the phone call from Emily that I was up and it was time to come in and fill out the application I of course was seriously very nervous am I gonna financially fit the criteria at this moment, you know, um, and but I did, and um, that was a flood of tears that came over me because that was the most scariest part. Because if I didn't fit financially, I was probably not gonna be able to make it happen then, you know. Um, so, but at the end of the day, um, becoming a um, uh, in part of the program and knowing that I was going to be a part of the women's build initiative, I just was, I was a little bit nervous because I knew I was going to get a lot of, um, you know, media, but I also was, um, I just felt really good about the fact that, um, women were going to build my home and I am a woman, a woman with a disability. So it just, I don't know, it just made it a whole lot different, a whole lot more special. Uh, tell us about your disability. I know the onset was around, uh, uh, 16 years ago in your early 30s, 31. Did I get that math right? That, that's when I got diagnosed got correctly. Yeah. Walk but, me walk me through the whole process if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So I live with a rare neuromuscular condition called congenital myasthenic syndrome. And um, I literally doctor out of the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota for it. People, doctors around here don't really know much about it. Um, I'm probably one of 550 patients in the United States right now that have been diagnosed with it. Um, a lot of CMS patients are overseas. Um, it's very rare, so uh, not much is known about the illness in these parts. So again, I have to go over to the Mayo Clinic, but it, it just leaves me with a weaker body. You know, I don't have the muscle strength that someone like yourself mm -hmm. has. You overestimate and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were some of the early symptoms? When did this start to hit you and begin to obviously negatively affect your life? Uh, it, my parents noticed it when I was a baby. Um, really? I, I wasn't hitting milestones that I that my siblings were hitting. So, um, And then that's when I started to doctor and I've been to Newark, New Jersey. I've been like everywhere. I've had muscle biopsies. I've had tons of EMGs, just tons of different workups done on me. And it wasn't till I was 30 years old that they actually finally were able to give me. So like three decades. Yeah. Is it almost in the sense where you were ahead of the disease even being discovered? Uh, honestly, the disease has been here and known about, but because the medical field is not much aware of it mm -hmm. unless you're in the Mayo Clinic. 
um, people go undiagnosed sure, and sure. untreated. Did I also read in the Blade article that it was genetic? It is genetic, yes. Both my parents had to carry the gene in order for me to... Got have, it. Yes. But uh, it, are you aware of it affecting anyone as it's affected you in your previous family? No, it's, it starts with me. I'm Got the, it. I'm the, yeah, I'm the beginner of, uh, of it. So hopefully it ends with me too. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Um, what what's this house going to be like? Walk me through. You said it's tentatively. I know uh, the Blade article said sometime between August and October. You want to be ready for trick or treaters to come, right? <laughs> that would be nice, but I, I'm not pushing it. Um, so it's um, all accessible. It's going to be all accessible to me, um, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, I'll be able to roll in um, from my driveway. I'll be able to roll in from my garage. Uh, doorways are going to be wide enough. Um, countertops are going to be low enough. Cupboards are going to be low enough. Um, Walk-in, shower. It's just going to be amazing. Yeah. Mark, what was it like? Not that, that you guys only build uh, one-size-fits-all homes, because that's not the case. Um, what is it like making uh, an accessible home, personalizing it, customizing a home? So all of our new builds, we build to a certain level of universal design standards to try and make sure that anybody who lives in the house or visits the house can have access and use the house. So many of the things that uh, Julie mentioned, we do for everybody. The, the uh, zero-step entrances, the wide doorways, and things like that. We do that always. But um, we have learned a few new things because <laughs> of the uh, Julie's particular needs. Um, the lower countertop heights was something new for us. We don't do that on a normal uh, on our other on our other builds, and that leads to many other things. Like you have to have a different kitchen sink, and you have mm -hmm. to provide uh, knee space underneath the sinks for a person who uses a wheelchair to have access to the sinks. So it's been a it's been a learning uh, process for us. Um, we have great partners with the Ability Center, mm -hmm. and uh, they've been helping us out uh, with that as well. Mark, I want to come back to you and ask your perspective on Women Build and maybe the, the birth of it. But first, before I lose the thought, Julie, what are you most looking forward to in your home when you were a renter? Was there a room that you kept thinking, when I have my own place, I want to do blank, blank, and blank? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, that if going with that thought, when I have my own place, I can't wait to be able to paint my walls what I want to paint them because um, I can't do that in the unit that I'm in now. You know, um, or oh gosh, just there's been actually so many things. I'm just it, so excited to just be able to have my own home right. and not have all the stipulations attached right. to it. Asking permission for everything. Asking for p permission for um, it, someone to come and stay with me past a two-week period, um, allowing me to have more than one dog if I wanted to. Um, you know, stuff like that. It's yeah. just, that's going to be awesome and freeing. What honestly. What colors are you looking at? Um, well, right now it's white, right, Mark? Yeah. Boydish, yeah. off white. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine in some of my rooms, mm -hmm. but I I'm a, I'm a gray person, so kind of like these walls honestly maybe like a gray in my my bedroom or um, a hot pink wall in my jewelry room because I sell paparazzi. So, you know, we'll see. 
We'll see. Don't fra- don't be afraid to go with black. <laughs> I uh, I went black with my bathroom, mm-hmm. and uh, it came out it came out spectacular. Did it? Okay. So okay. I, sorry for sparking these thoughts right now. I probably made you a little bit overeager, right? <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Actually, black is my favorite color. So well, I mean, we've established that, right, right. and we've got a special room mark, perhaps for for all the designer frames for seven dollars that are coming her way. <laughs> Perfect. Mark, tell me about Women Build. When did this come to fruition? When did this uh, what did this idea birth out of? Um, I'm not sure the the origins, but I do know that it's uh, something that we try to do every year, and it's it's really cool because um, it does give uh, women a special opportunity to participate in a in a home construction build every year. As Julie mentioned, um, most not all, but most of the volunteers certainly are women on this house. Um, which uh, is really exciting. I've had the chance to work with many of these uh, women volunteer groups over the years. And uh, all I can say is women are every bit as capable of building houses as men. Mm. Um, it's, it's a different experience, but it's a very enjoyable experience. I think the women enjoy it, and uh, we enjoy having them on the build site. Can you tell me about the process? I was reading in the article that there would be like 250 or so women involved. I'm sure this is maybe not just not one day, but over the course of days and weeks. How does that process come, come around? So what we put together a schedule of you know what days we're planning on working on the site. And then uh, we work with the various uh, groups, sponsors, uh, some sponsors uh, bring particularly women volunteers. Some some of the groups are actually uh, women groups. In like for example, uh, there's a, a women's construction group that mm-hmm. uh, came out and volunteered. So we try and uh, match the 30 or so days where we need volunteers, and uh, in general, we get a group of about eight every day. So that. Um, over the course of, you know, it takes us three, four months to build the house, but we have 30 days where we're working hard with volunteers and we get the houses done. People can just reach out to Habitat in some way, shape or form to get their group or as an individual involved in something like this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do have a website. It's mvhabitat.org. Mommy Valley. So MV for Mommy Valley. Um, and there's a place, uh, there's a volunteer tab where you can just click on that tab and uh, it steps you through the process of how to volunteer with Habitat. How about to go the route of what Julie has been uh, so fortunate uh, and blessed to have this home. If somebody wants to maybe follow the same path as Julie, how can they um, make those applications or see if they're even eligible? So there is some, uh, there is some information on our website how to uh, get in touch with us. Um, uh, right now, as I mentioned before, we're on a wait list for all of our programs. So I don't want to get any, have anybody's hopes get too high, but um, we certainly would be uh, interested in talking to you, telling you more about the program and seeing if uh, at some point in the future you could get on the wait list. I've never uh, been able to participate myself, but I used to see it quite often when I was a uh, resident downtown and now I still see the news stories. I've had friends from Buckeye participate in it and I don't know if it's uh, still on St. Clair or it's in the ball park but i do enjoy seeing once a year when the miniature homes are built mm. by various groups in the, in the city i think that maybe the mud hens uh drive that through yep mm-hmm. those are I, I think you're talking about uh playhouse project yeah 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 so that's uh 
That's a, a, a program that we have where a group sponsor a playhouse build. Um, they get to know the person, the child who's been selected to receive the playhouse, and they customize it based on that child's preferences, their favorite superhero or their favorite sports team or something like that. And uh, the, the group uh, then uh, basically in a span of about five hours builds the playhouse and then the, the child and, and the family come and uh, they're presented the playhouse at the end. So uh, if there's a group out there interested in sponsoring a playhouse like that, uh, reach out to us uh, through the website and uh, we can give you more information. Yeah, it's really very cool program. Fantastic. Yeah, I enjoy it. Is that in the, when's, does it run the same time every year? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of May or beginning of June, um, we get 30 or 35 groups all at once on mm-hmm. one day and we build 30 or 35 playhouses at Fifth Third Field, at least we have in the past several years. And it's a really a fantastic day. It's uh, very interesting to see some of the groups go way overboard in yeah, uh, yeah. designing and building these playhouses. It's like, wow, uh, <laughs> they've put some thought into it. And my kids just love it. My mm. friend who works at Buckeye, her husband is one of the handiest people I know. And I'm sure she's picked that up over the years. And I know her group is always doing it. And uh, she might be one of the ones that goes over the top and or, or is at least extremely competitive. <laughs> um what else does Habitat for the uh, Habitat for Humanity do in the community? We talked about that and restore and building homes. Uh, is, are there other events that people uh, might want to be a part of, fundraisers or whatnot? So we do we do sponsor what we call Rock the Blocks, um, and we pick a one of our focused neighborhoods, and basically we do a one day event where we do neighborhood cleanups. So we schedule about four of those uh, throughout the year. Um, as I mentioned, we do take volunteers. Um, if you're an individual or a group, we'd be happy to uh, uh, try and uh, find a, a need that we have in in construction or in, uh, in even in our Playhouse Project programs to uh, help us out with all the work that we have to do. I have uh, like two and a half final questions, mostly for you, Julie. Uh, what's your advice to others? And if you don't remember, I can throw it back at you from the Blade article. Oh, my bad. Oh, what did I say? Um, Some, go ahead, throw it back at me because I do do it because these people become family to you. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's something that um, is dear to my heart is the fact that Habitat for Humanity isn't just a home ownership program, but the family, the camaraderie that you have is amazing. Like I have met lifelong friends here. Great. And yeah, that's something that, I mean, people that I can actually call when I'm in need, emotionally upset, like they will be there for me. Good. You know, so it's really just, it's a great organization. I can't say enough about them. Truly, I cannot. So. Uh, this question, Mark, is for, for you. Uh, I'll be acting as, as Julie's realtor here. Uh, what is she responsible for after, after she gets the keys and goes in there? So. Julie will actually purchase the home from Habitat. Uh, one of the benefits of being in the program is we give her a 0% interest uh, loan. Okay, we'll do that. So, we can sign with that. We can. So that uh, it's uh, more affordable for her. But beyond that, it's Julie's house, just like everybody else owns a house. Mm-hmm. We give her, we have a one-year warranty. So if something isn't done quite right or something breaks during the first year, she can call us and we'll fix it. But she owns the home. Mm-hmm. And after the year, we disconnect our phone and Julie's not allowed to call <laughs> us anymore. 
And that's when everything starts to break, right? That's when everything starts that's to break. That's the contradiction right. but, I just said I can call. But I, I, will, I will say this. Part of our program, uh, uh, most of our homeowners have never owned their own home before, and mm -hmm. we recognize that. So part of the program is uh, monthly uh, training classes on how to own your own home because you just don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so we give them classes on how to do minor repairs, how to change the furnace filter, um, and several how to fix little nicks in the drywall. So mm -hmm. things that homeowners need to know how to do, we give them some training because uh, once they get the keys to their house, we want them to be independent and successful homeowners. Yeah. I am Absolutely. I am successful in the fact that I pay my mortgage, independent, not necessarily so. I could have used some more training. I found out sometime late in the winter that there's a shutoff valve for the toilet um, as I was having a fountain in my bathroom. Yes. So yes. Um, my last question is the, the more personal one, one-to-one -one, uh, friends, if we could be now. Okay. Where, and you don't have to, you can be very general. Where are you moving from and where are you moving to? I'm in the same neighborhood. Oh, really? Is that, <laughs> are you are you happy about that? Oh. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, If yeah, not, it's okay. I, I get it. No, okay. absolutely. Um, in the the other choices that I could have had, I'm happy with the choice that I have. So, okay. yeah, and I know my neighborhood. I know what to expect. Right. You know where the potholes might be. I know all of that. And you don't have to change which Target or local coffee shop you go to. Yes. Familiarity yes. is good. And I'm kind of like on, on my way out of my neighborhood where my house is sitting. So it. It, I'm good with it, yeah. One last question. Yes. Is there gonna be a big blowout party when everything is wrapped up? Oh. Huge. <laughs> Huge. I can't wait. It could be a funky frame glasses party. <laughs> uh, Julia Isola Mark, a Director of Construction for Habitat for Humanity. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate you. Thank you. This is Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center, hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase, and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently. Think differently. Think differently.